Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Ajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Welcome to Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. I'm Austin Lane. Brett Martineau will be here momentarily. Might be on Shad Khan's private jet, maybe? <laughs> oh, no, he's here. Yeah. Oh, we have him. Yeah, I just got back from the private jet. Oh, I gotcha. Yep. Yeah. I mean, hanging around with Shad these days. I mean, it's a whirlwind, guys, but somebody's got to do it. Oh, I mean, you were... 30 other of, of my peers in the media got to do it. So no, it's well, all good. They're, they're, they could walk 25. on the yacht. Yeah, they okay. could walk on the yacht. They, they're not invited on the jet. There's only so much room on the jet. Now. Gotcha. <laughs> um, hey, happy uh, Wednesday. Happy, happy hump day, man. How you doing? Happy hump day. That's right. Uh, well, we're good. It's a little crazy. Uh, we've got a lot of stuff going on. I tell you, in the Action Sports Jacks world, we got, we're going to unveil on Friday night our first ever um, – all-star team, essentially, our all-prep team uh, in conjunction with Jaguars Prep. So that's pretty cool with the Blitz. And uh, then, of course, we've got a lot of Jag stuff happening. Mm-hmm. Marvin Jones talked today. Trevor Lawrence talked today. Urban Meyer talked today. And I think Urban stayed out of the headlines, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, I mean, I've watched the, the press conference and no big takeaways. I mean, I think, you know, obviously Andre Sisco not getting opportunities, a storyline. Um, but, yeah, overall, nothing big that makes you kind of shake your head and go, what, what was that, you know? Yeah, which well, kind of a win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like a win. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I will say this. We're kind of waiting for – doesn't it feel a little bit like every day you wake up and you're kind of uh, – and this just might be my world. So they were waiting for a shoe to drop, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, what's going to happen next a mm-hmm. little bit? Um, not just a loss on Sunday. And so when you kind of have a quiet day, it feels a little different. And um, it wasn't totally quiet. Uh, did you see the two-minute uh, news conference of Marvin Jones? No, I didn't because it wasn't reposted. At least yeah, they had. A, I, I think there was a technical issue. Uh, yeah, I, a bet, technical the, issue, I so. bet there was. <laughs> no, I actually, you know what? I, I thought hey, the same thing. I bet there was. I was sitting here waiting no, for it to pop up, and it just never did. Yeah. I mean, I, no, listen, I got I, Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> I got Josh Allen. Where or where is I Marvin know. Jones? I, I will tell, I'll tell you this, okay? And I know some people, um, mm-hmm. and I said the same thing. I actually brought it up, texted, uh, or had a conversation. I was like, wow, you guys really didn't want to show the Marvin Jones thing, huh? Mm-hmm. And it was like, no, no, there was actually a technical problem. Sure. <laughs> but, and and yeah. the thing is, they couldn't get it corrected quick enough because, the, seriously, the news conference lasted like two minutes. Yeah. And why was like that? He, he basically, well, well, because obviously he moved on. So, you know, what I saw tweeted out was, you know, I was at another story, but I saw tweeted out that, uh, you know, basically he said, hey, I, I didn't like something I saw. Uh, he didn't really expand upon that, but I think he was basically saying what maybe something that Urban had said about the receivers is the way I interpreted it. Now, it might have been something else that the media had said. He didn't. He wasn't specific. Um, and so he confronted Urban about it, and they, he said they talked about it like grown men, grown men. And that was two and a half weeks ago. That's what he said. And that was about it. So, uh, but I, I think he made it short and sweet, guys, because he didn't want to be out there. He didn't ask to be out there. Now, he's been asked to be out there by the media, but Urban basically threw him out there on Monday. Mm. Remember on Monday's news conference where Urban said, hey, why don't you give out his, his phone number and text him? Yeah, yeah. No, for And so sure. that put the player in an uncomfortable position, right? 
Absolutely. Well, then, let me ask you this. Has Marvin Jones, you know, since the allegations from Tom Palisar and all that stuff, was there any response to it in terms of his social media, in terms of Twitter or Instagram? Because that's, I mean, this, that's, this is the golden age of that for NFL players. Like, if something gets reported yeah, I, out there, if something gets, you know, leaked per se, that the player doesn't agree with, I mean, there, there, there's going to be cryptic messages, there's going to be rebuttals. That's just, that's the player's M.O. Did Marvin Jones Jr. do any of that? No, he didn't. Uh, and, you know, I, I would say you're right about that. That does happen a lot, but it doesn't happen every time. I think Marvin's a pro. Uh, I think Marvin's been around a while. And um, he had, he could do two things. He could come out on social media and say, what is this all talking about, and exacerbate it. Uh, quite frankly, I, I shouldn't say just two things. Quite frankly, it's possible he was the leak. Mm, yeah. He was the leak. Why not? Right? Mm -hmm. I mean, certainly could be the leak in, in the situation, whether it's his agent or him. And because he's seen a lot of things, and he's like, what is this? Yeah. You know, what are we doing here? Or um, he also had a chance today to say, listen, guys, I mean, it wasn't a, it wasn't a blow-up. Like, I didn't leave the building. I didn't, I didn't, like, we weren't coming to blows. Like, let's not be so overdramatic. Well, he didn't take the opportunity to do that. He said we handled it like grown men. You know what grown men do sometimes? They argue. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they even punch. Mm -hmm. sure. That's what happens sometimes when you're trying to settle things. Sure. So I think he left the door open for interpretation still. He had a chance to slam it, and he didn't. And so what does that mean? Well, we have to now make our own judgments out of it and see what else comes out if anything else comes out. He's obviously moved on. I think that's clear to say. Mm -hmm. But I think uh, Marvin Jones could have easily either exacerbated the situation by saying something else and, and, and uh, uh, just uh, – you know, elaborating on what might have happened. Or he could have just flat out said, guys, this is overreported. I don't know who leaked it out, but um, we didn't we didn't come to blows. Like, we we just had a conversation about it, and I brought it up, and I was mad about this, and, and that was it. And, and he didn't really say it that way. So my point being, it's not like he had the coach's back to, to confirm what the coach said, but he also didn't light a flame to the situation either. And so here we are on a Wednesday after the situation and waiting for the next one uh, to just say, all right, we'll interpret whatever we want to interpret. No, and that's fine. I think, you know, I mean, yeah, there's no doubt in my mind that Marvin Jones is truly a professional. I mean, he is one of the most experienced guys um, in that locker room. But I also feel like where if you truly want to squash it, if you want to get rid of the drama, help your teammates out, well, then you make it known on, on whatever you're, you're – you're, your social media platform of choice saying it got overblown it's not a big deal that's not what happened and then you know it's our job to believe you and then we move on but none of that came to fruition now it's more of well what did he mean by that what did he mean by that you know because now it's open for interpretation yeah. which can obviously lead to more drama i mean depending how you want to play this if you're the media so it's just it's very interesting you know he, he didn't squash any of it i mean he just said you know it was a man-to-man -man thing and like you said Men can fight. Men can um, speak civilly. Men can shout at each other. It's it's a lot of interpretation. Yeah. Um, were you? Do you think when you only talk for two minutes, do you get the feeling that like he really didn't want to talk about it, and he was basically like, "Hey, you got to talk about it." I mean, oh you've been yeah, I mean, I've, for a couple of weeks. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want to talk about it. You know, if it's if there's a story involving me out there that I think is detrimental to the team that, that could be distracting to the team that's literally anytime I log on to anything it's there 
you know, all these quotes and everything, all these questions with other, you know, players or coaches. Yeah, that that would annoy the heck out of me. So, I mean, props to him for getting up in front of the media and, and, you know, essentially staring down the barrel and saying, this is what happened. That's great. More power to him. But I think it only being two or three minutes long wasn't by accident. I think that guy did not want to be up there and he wanted to get it over with. Yeah, I think uh, you're right. And I think, um, you know, here's the other thing about it. If there were going to be some people on this football team that didn't love the idea of Urban Meyer as the coach and had questions about it, is it fair to say that it would have been the older, the elder statesmen, the people that have been around the league for a while? And maybe that was Urban Meyer's biggest learning curve to begin with. People that have been around the league, seen different teams, other organizations, how things work, uh, what it takes to be a pro. Uh, doesn't need to be like motivated like an 18, 19, 20-year-old kid. Um, and, and so if you, if you think that way, and which a lot of it makes sense and logic, and that's, those are going to be the hardest guys to probably win over for Urban anyway, and, and maybe the last guys to adapt to everything. Um, unlike, say, a Trevor, who just finished college, and if it just continued on like college, he wouldn't know any different. Um, so I think Marvin fits that category is my point. You know, I mean, you took a Marvin Jones or Shaquille Griffin or a Brandon Linder or an Andrew Norwell. Those guys now fit that mold of, all right, th- those are going to be the hardest guys to maybe make the acclimation process to a guy like Urban who's a college guy because they've seen so much already in the NFL. You know what I mean? No, absolutely. But also, you know, you're going to have the other leaders in that locker room to try to influence, you know, what else, whatever else is supposed to look like as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think if you're a veteran and you've come from different franchises and you've had success, you kind of know what it looks like. And then you come here and, well, you haven't had a lot of success. So obviously it's going to feel different. I do think that those guys are definitely harder to reach as opposed to a, a young guy, a rookie or a second-year guy who still has the mind to shape a little bit in terms of what he expects. So, yeah, I mean, overall, obviously a veteran's going to take a lot more to buy in if you're not being successful. Um, I know you're going to like this part, but uh, my man Trevor won another news conference today. Yeah, um, yeah. Go, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. I mean, now, the, 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 hey, he, he threw four interceptions last game, but go ahead. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but, but he won it. Hey, he four, he hey four, four touchdowns and zero interceptions against this press conference. Break it down, Brent. Tell us why <laughs> we should be excited about Trevor Lawrence. Uh, he's got He's got... Uh, Justin Herbert kind of numbers in news conferences. Awesome, man. <laughs> um, all right, so but I do ask you this sincerely. The fact that he is willing to bring up, oh, yeah, there's a lot of drama. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and he kind of, uh, to his credit, he, he wasn't, uh, at least what I heard, he didn't throw anybody under the bus necessarily, but he's like, hey, he acknowledged it. He's like, listen, you can't hide from it. This is, there is drama. He said he feels like there's drama probably everywhere in the NFL. But he's like, we've got to get out of being the headline, essentially, is what he said. Case, I don't know if you have any part of that, uh, if you're ready for it, or we can, we can do it in the next segment. But um, I, I thought it was interesting that he was willing to bring up the word drama. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. he's not running from it, Austin. I, I guess I've covered so much NFL and so much just professional sports over the years, in my 20 years of doing it, that you almost are surprised when you actually get the transparency and the truth. You know what I mean? Because you, especially what goes on inside the building and how it's impacting inside the building. I'm not saying guys sit there and lie all the time, but they're just not willing to really kind of say it how it is. 
And again, I go back to James Robinson a couple weeks ago on our show. That's why everybody was like, whoa, like he said what we all thought it was. Well, and, and, and again, I don't think Trevor's breaking news. Everybody knows it's been dramatic. But I think the uh, willingness to at least go out there and say that um, I think is is pretty profound and maybe the right way to go about it anyway, Austin, not sit there and deny it and stay in denial and be like, no, this isn't how it's going to be if we're going to turn this thing around. Casey, do you have the audio? Yeah, if you heard that little, I thought the thing was muted, so that's Oh, it. oh no, yeah. no, no, you're fine. It was a nice little appetizer to really wet my whistle here because I'm sure, you know, when Trevor Lawrence is playing in Canton one day, uh, this will be the first time that they use a Hall of Fame speech right now by Trevor Lawrence. Casey? Obviously, there's been a lot of drama, like whatever has caused everything. Who, who even knows at this point? But there's been a lot of drama. Um, and for me, I think it's important to be truthful. Mm-hmm. But with that, like I said, you can't always... You can't say everything that, sure. that's on your mind. You have to have a filter, and you got to be careful. And um, you know, I have a lot of appreciation for all those guys in there that's, that have been working to try to get this thing right. And it's, it hasn't been easy. So I have a lot of appreciation for the players, for the coaches, for everybody. Amy has been great. I mean, she's had she's had a tough job. Uh, so she's she's awesome. Um, <laughs> but no, so I have so I understand that. But I also think with you guys, I mean, you guys do a you guys do a tough job too, and to to just be honest, I think, is, is important. Obviously, you can't, like I said, say always say exactly what's on your mind, but um, the truth is in there somewhere always with me, so that's what I try to do. Mm. <laughs> mm. That's pretty. Giving, I mean, giving, giving the media props, is that what we're, yeah? What, was that the big takeaway, Brent? Now, the big takeaway is maybe even what he said in the end. The truth is always in there. So listen to what he says, you know? And, and I think, I think we passed over some of the stuff in the last few weeks as well. Um, and one of the sound bites he said on Sunday, he referenced, he's like, listen, I'm always going to take accountability. And uh, it took him a while, by the way, to say I have an appreciation for the, the coaches in there. Now, he did eventually, and so I don't want to read into it too much, but it's not like uh, he said I have appreciation for what the guys are battling through, what Urban Meyer's going through. You know, he, he kind of lumped everybody together. Uh, uh, you know, Listen, there's reading into stuff, and then there's reality. And I think the reality is this is a locker room and even a young man that um, is the face of this franchise and, and doesn't necessarily agree with the way everything has gone down here in Jacksonville under Urban Meyer. I think that's crystal clear. So I, I do think it's more than just saying, hey, you got a tough job in the media. By the way, Amy, who he references, uh, uh, public re- media relations director, public relations director. But um, so, yeah, I think there's actually – I think it's bigger than that, man. I, I think this is the guy that, that people do listen to even more than Urban Meyer. Um, and I think they almost need to. I, I think he's the guy. Uh, and now we just wonder if maybe a guy like Shad Khan will listen um, to Trevor Lawrence and what will Trevor Lawrence say. Yeah, I mean, I think in terms of disagreement, I mean, you, you saw that back with the whole quarterback sneak thing. I think a guy that wasn't truthful should be like, yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, it's something we still got to work. I mean, no, Trevor was put it out there for everyone to know that I can do the quarterback sneak. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm capable of doing that. That is in my skill set. That is in my repertoire. So, like, even back then you saw this was a guy who um, was going to stick up for himself, number one, stick up for his teammates, number two, but also kind of be truthful here. So, yeah, I mean, I think Trevor Lawrence is just kind of confirming what we all know, that there is drama right now. How could there not be? You know, props to given, you know, if Trevor Lawrence was shouting out the media, 
we're, we're doing a fantastic job. Casey, if you heard that, go and give yourself a pat on the back because you're part of the media too, and you're doing a great job. I gave myself two pats on the back because that's the hey, that's one of the captains of Jacksonville Jaguars talking directly to me. So shout out to Trevor Lawrence. I'll take it. Yeah, you better believe it, man. You better believe it. But at the end of the day, you know, I mean, it's I'm I'm, I'm happy with what he's doing. You know, I mean, he's he's not going the status quo. He's not giving you classic quarterback speech per se. I mean, he is saying what he believes in and that that's whether that's based out of, you know, his faith of being a good teammate or based out of something else, but he is doing a great job of doing that and, you know, people are buying into it. Yeah, and he's got to play better, uh, obviously. And if he was playing better, it would even maybe help it along. Um, but also if he was playing better, maybe there'd be a lot more hidden under the surface. I think a lot of things are coming out because he's not playing that great and, and they're not playing that great. So um, it'll be interesting. I, I think it's an inner battle with uh, with with Trevor Lawrence. I think he's going through a lot, uh, and I think how he handles everything is it is under a microscope. So. Um, but does it speak about this isn't this is less about Trevor and Brent, you love Trevor's news conferences. Mm-hmm. It's more about what is he actually saying and don't lose sight of what he's saying. Because I think he told it to you. He's like, Hey, the truth's somewhere in there. I'm not gonna have any every detail, but the truth's in there. So well, if you want to uh, listen. Yeah. I mean, but Listen. we but we always know when, when there's smoke, there's fire. I mean, we know yeah. that there is something going on in that locker room. Now we don't know exactly what it is, but when Mike Palosaro or is it Tom Palosaro, Mike, Mike, Tom, uh, Tom, 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 doing a great job. Wherever Tom, you want him to be. Yeah, t- Tom, you're doing a great job though. Tom, when you put out <laughs> something like that, you know, obviously there is some smoke. Now it's our job to maybe dissect it and figure out what exactly it is because maybe he doesn't know 100. percent But we do know that there's something in there. Casey, I'm not sure if they've released the 2022 fantasy football public speaking, um, like you know, like the depth charts yet, or not even fantasy football, more just like the, the the fantasy public speaking. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, like where the rankings are. Are you taking Trevor top ten? Because I'll be honest with you, this one right here, because th- this is a big one. This press conference right here, I might put him in front of Joel Olstein right now. <laughs> I definitely have him in front of Joel. Yeah, in front of Joel Steen. Now, Joel Steen's, you know, this guy's returning MVP coming here. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, listen, listen. I don't listen to a lot of Joel Olstein. Yeah. But I think I've heard every word Trevor said. Yeah. I'm going to have to go with Trevor. Okay. Okay, because, you know, Joel Steen, I get it, came under fire for kicking some people out of the church maybe when things got a little rough. It's all right. He's making a comeback. Still a great public speaker all over YouTube. But I'm telling you, man, Trevor's making a Trevor's making a push here for that number one spot. <laughs> I can't wait till this kid plays good football. Hey, you know what? Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're acting like I don't want him to play good football. That's all I want. So I don't have to break uh, this down every single day. <laughs> yo, yo, no. Well, guess what? When he plays good football, we yeah. are breaking down every news conference. Oh, good. Like every word. Fine, okay? then. Yeah. Okay. And we are going to do it. Sounds good. Right, I, mean, I mean, basically, like, what? And, and listen, I love Trevor Death. But what's happening right now, it's like... It's like me in middle school failing math class, and I got like a, I got like a thirty-seven percent on my algebra exam. Wow! And then I got to explain to my mom, "Go, mom, here's what happened." You know, I mean, obviously, right now, co- our, our teacher, it's a mess. I'm not getting the proper, you know, education. Like he's not paying attention. You know, all that stuff. That's great, and I'm sure my mom would be very moved, and she'd probably believe me, which was probably the case. But still, that thirty-seven percent. Okay, if we're doing quarterback grades on Tuesday. Trevor Lawrence in summer school right now. So that's where we're at. Like, it's great that he's given us this great sound bites, but we can't forget the fact of what we saw against Tennessee. And that was four interceptions and zero touchdowns. Yeah, but a comparison, by the way. But 
Yeah, Thank no, you. well, it's a very good comparison because what you said yesterday on this show, though, is right. Tell us how you're going to fix it, right? Tell us what's going on. Like, what is happening? Why is this so wrong? Like, that's what everybody wants the answers. And I guess the bottom line in your illustration is, well, your mom, after hearing what you say, would go ask those questions, go find that out, say it's deeper than, Austin, you're just not getting it done. And so I think that's fair to wonder as well with Trevor. Sure, he's not getting it done, but it's deeper than that. And why is that not happening? And I think he's shedding some light on that. So that's why I think some of this has some value. Um, now, does it spark change? Does it provide answers? Does it get you from a 37 to a 75? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and well, hopefully that, that part takes place. Yeah. Well, first of all, mom had two jobs. So she wasn't really concerned with, you know, be, be careful now. Okay. So she wasn't like going out of her way to make sure Listen, math is good. You brought it up. Mom was horrible at math too. So we're in the same boat. <laughs> She, she had no solutions for me. She's like, your, your creative writing kicks ass, but, yeah, your math, I don't know. I can't help you there. Sorry. <laughs> can't help you. Can't help it's you. It's too bad you didn't know Tudor Steph at the time. No, for sure. She could have worked wonders, I'm sure. <laughs> All right. Let's take a break. Hey, uh, we don't talk a ton of college football. Today is a really cool day, I think, uh, across the area. We're signing day. Uh, stopped by Riverside High School, and there's a lot of other signings. But there was a monumental moment in college football today mm -hmm. that really changes the game. And I want to get your thoughts on it, Austin. Um, and I have some thoughts. And I, I think very few times do you really – you know, a lot of people say, hey, that changed the game. I think we just saw something that really changed the game, like profoundly. It might have happened already in the last few months, but it really happened today. Uh, we talk all about it, and it impacts Florida State, of course. We'll be back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Well, there's a lot going on there, and all you really need to know is the hysteria, and that's kind of how social media and the college football world and the recruiting world reacted. Like, you didn't have to understand anything. It was like, whoa. Everybody in the streets came running out, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and that's uh, what happened today. I mean, it was a it was a big moment. Brett Martineau back here at Extreme Wing Sports Square on a Wednesday this week instead of Friday. I got a charity event. I'll be at it Friday, so we couldn't be out here Friday. We come Wednesday instead. Be here until six o'clock on Roosevelt Boulevard near NAS Jacks. Uh, four locations for Extreme Wings, of course, Ocean Way, uh, Atlantic and Kernan, and St. John's County. Now off to ten. Uh, Austin Lane and Casey Kurtz in the Action Sports Shack Studios. And uh, plenty of Jags and NFL talk to get to still. But this is a huge story, man. I mean, Travis Hunter uh, was committed, and I mean loyally committed, to FSU over the years. Even through the ups and downs, he was locked in. Well, Deion Sanders and Jackson State steals him away on signing day. Uh, and it, you could feel the ripple effects of this one, right? Yeah, uh, this is monumental. You know, uh, a guy of this caliber... Um, who was all but, you know, giving his 100% commitment, saying he's going to Florida State, and then chooses to go with Dion. Obviously, Dion being a, forder, a former Florida State Seminole himself, um, it's huge, I think, in the world of college football. It's really wild to me. Okay, first of all, I have a lot of thoughts on it. Um, for, I, I think Travis Hunter wanted to be this. Like, I think he wanted to be the, the pioneer of this. I think he knew the enormity of it. I think Deion Sanders probably led him down that road of, hey, you could be the guy that changes the game here. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what he jumped on. Now, I don't know anything else about, you know, what did he, what's he going to do at Jackson State? Why does he, obviously he wants to play for Deion Sanders. We get that. Um, 
but I, I think there's so much going on. I think there's so much irony here is because the, the like, Deion Sanders changed the game of branding anyway, or at least helped. He was one of those guys. And he helps kind of change the game again because he is a brand. You know, kids, I just said this. I was doing a high school story, and I was talking to a high school coach and a couple of kids that, by the way, are being recruited. Mm -hmm. uh, next year's class they'll sign, not this year's. And I, I was saying to him, I was like, kids like the Jordan brand, right? You want to play with a uniform, and the Jordan brand has done very well, or Nike does well, or whatever it is. Uh, brands are big. Brands mm -hmm. are a big part of the world. We've had so many discussions about this on our show. Well, what happened with Travis Hunter here is he signed up for a coach brand instead of a university brand. He said, I'm going to play for the brand. Deion Sanders is cool. Yeah. And, by the way, there's another element to this, but I do think that was the lure. Uh, the, the, we'll get to the NIL and the money part soon, but the lure of going is, is Deion Sanders, and that does register with kids. Um, and I have no idea how good a coach Deion Sanders is, but I think there's no doubt he was going to be a pretty decent recruiter. I didn't know if he would be this kind of recruiter in terms of ripping guys away from his alma mater. Yeah. <laughs> so the irony in all of it, to me, is striking and something we can't overlook. Yeah, I mean, you know, whether it's the top overall recruit in the country wanting to learn from Deion Sanders, whether it's the top overall recruit in the country wants to go to, you know, an HBCU and kind of put them on the map, yeah, um, if you will, and bring stories to them. Because well, we've seen this a little bit in basketball in terms of, you know, storied prospects, you know, going to HBCUs. Now, this is monumental because this is, you know, for a lot of people thought the top recruit in the entire country. And then you have a situation of where, where maybe the top recruit in the entire country wants to get the, the NIL. And maybe there was a good deal on the table as, um, as well. Regardless of, of what percentage was the influence there, um, good for him. You know, because he... Hard work, dedication, obviously talent, put him in that position. Like, if you're the, the, the number one recruit in the country, I got to believe you worked hard to get there. I got to believe that, you know, you, in terms of your studies and everything, you had to work hard there as well. So I got to believe that whatever's coming this kid's way is earned. Yeah, he heard it. So I'm, I'm, I'm more than happy for him, man. I mean, obviously, you know, uh, from, from a Florida State fan perspective, you're upset. Uh, you're, you're a little uh, distrusted at this point, but good for Travis Hunter. Isn't this a little bit like Penny Hardaway in Memphis, what we've seen recently over the last couple of years? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of got that vibe a little bit for sure. Yeah, I think so. So it's not like unprecedented in that regard. Okay, so now what changes the game? Well, the game changes with NIL. And so I think the, the story is, I mean, basically, it looks like Barstool might be. Is that what you, you saw, too? Like yeah, maybe throwing some money? It's Barstool and, and Penn, yeah. Is that official yet? Or are people just assuming that? It's, uh, it's a foregone conclusion. Okay, I, I think so, too. And so, so that's where mm. some of the, the money is coming in. I was talking to the kids over uh, where we were doing the story, and I think they heard like a million dollars type of stuff. I, I haven't seen all that again, but kind of been all over the place. But that doesn't even matter. Mm. The bottom line is NIL opened the door for this. The name, image, likeness stuff opens the door for this to become uh, not only a free agency, as uh, I think it was Lane Kiffin said yesterday, uh, or recently, a free agency without contracts. But it said basically, you know what? Yeah, you might be a Power 5 school. You might have a brand that's been really good over the years. I really wanted to go there. You're kind of near my hometown. But it doesn't matter because money talks. And at the end of the day, in every walk of life, <laughs> guess what usually wins out? No, for sure. Money talks. No, money definitely talks. And 
I think money talks, but also this is more of how I always feel about the money. And we've talked about this all the time in terms of, of high school kids. You know, like, I had to go to Murray State of necessity because that's all I had. I had. If you're Travis Hunter and you're essentially being courted by any school in the country, I think you want to go where you feel the most wanted because you can literally get whatever you want, right? Like, with, with your skill set, yeah, you're probably going to go to the league wherever you go. I mean, you're going to go to Jackson State, and you're probably still going to get to the league, knock on wood, pending you don't get hurt, and, and, and you, you keep your head on the right path. He's going to the league regardless. So when you got a guy like that who, you know, is essentially untouchable in terms of you can go anywhere and have success, well, then it comes down to, well, where do you want to go where you feel the most love? Where do you want to go where you feel the most appreciated? Now, you know, I think Deion Sanders, you know, having played the game at the caliber that he did, can relate to that a little bit. He seems to be a guy who, you know, the players love to play for, obviously. And then I think in terms of the money that Travis Hunter could be getting, I mean, it could be monumental in terms of the NIL deal. Yeah, I think all those things, you, you put them in a blender, you, you mix it up, that all says, hey, we value you this much and we want you here. And that's what a senior in high school wants, man. You just want to be accepted. You just want to you go to a place where you feel like you're appreciated the most. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, and, and whatever it says. I mean, I think he wanted, he was appreciated by a lot of different people in the recruiting process. Um, and, again, the, what makes this alarming is because there are a lot of different chances for Travis Hunter to flip over the last few years with all the downside of uh, – Florida State, yet he became a little bit of a Pied Piper for Mike Norvell's class, Austin. Mm -hmm. Like, he, became, he said, I'm going to stick through this. I like, I want to be here. I want to be the guy that changes it. And then, boom, something flipped. Well, again, Dion helped it. My guess is Dion probably had reached out to him in the past, too. I think the NIL really helped it. I think it, it gives you more motivation. And, again, I don't blame him. I said this earlier. I tweeted this earlier. I just brought it up again. Do not blame Travis Hunter for this. I wouldn't even blame Deion Sanders for this. If you're a Florida State fan or if you're any college football fan, if you're the old school fan, blame every coach that has come in the last 10, 12, 15 years in college football that has said, screw loyalty, I'm going to chase the dollar. Hello, Lincoln Riley. Hello, Brian Kelly. Hello, everybody else that's done this over the years. And nobody, and by the way, you had the right to do it. Make a better living for yourself. But where was loyalty then? To the players you recruited, to the staff you built, to the university that you helped build and grow. There was none. So the way they have raised the dollar so much, and it's not just those guys' fault. They're just the most recent. But they have raised it so much to what these guys are making at the head coaching level. They have turned college football into such a big business that the conferences are making so much money and the universities are making so much money that we absolutely know it feels like the coach of the football program has a bigger impact and bigger sway on most everybody on the campus than even the president of the university. And so they have changed that game so dramatically that we have allowed now an NIL law to be passed and given the opportunity for the kids to make their money. And by the way, they should be able to, but that's what changed it. So if you're mad at the process, be mad at those folks that got greedy and, and kept asking for more money and the universities and the conferences and everybody else. But don't blame the kids. They set the table for all this to happen, and good for them. And if everybody's going to make money, let everybody make money. And that's what we're seeing right here. Um, I don't know where it leads. I think it's dangerous. We're going to live through it. We're going to see it. Um, I, I Listen, we'd love to all sit here and say loyalty and commitment and all those things mean something. They should, but they don't always. And uh, 
nobody would pass up maybe the opportunity to get this kind of money uh, that this young man's getting in, in the Ewers kid from Ohio State to Texas and the Texas offensive linemen are getting um, to maybe go somewhere else. I, I think uh, these guys are making the decisions that's best for them. And so I, I just I hope there's not a lot of ill will toward the young man. Uh, by the way, he wrote or at least penned or helped pen a, a very nice um, letter of his his flipping. Um, so I think he gets what's going on. And uh, he's going to be someone that we refer to for a long time to come. Whether he has a big career at Jackson State, ends up transferring somewhere else, or goes to the NFL, this will be a monumental moment uh, in college sports, I think, for Travis Hunter's name to be attached to. No, for sure. And, uh, I mean, I haven't seen a lot of ill will towards Travis Hunter. That's I mean, I, I, I think if you're a Florida State fan, obviously there's going to be ill will because, you know, you, you missed out on a guy. So, of course, you're going to be frustrated. But... No, I mean, I see people celebrating and say, you know, people saying that it's a monumental day, and, and I think it is. And I think if, if you truly are the top recruiter in the nation uh, and you have that much power, then by all means exercise that power and, and do what you feel is right. Now, hopefully, you know, in his heart of hearts, he feels like he made the right decision. Um, you know, ho hopefully it all works out for him. But if not, you know, the transfer portal is always probably going to be open. But, yeah, yeah I just think that, you know, it's – it's an example of hard work, talent, and, and this is the result of it. Whether you're in any kind of business, whether you're a kid out of high school or your dude going to the pros, like, this is what happens. And, and now we've come to the point, um, you know, in college football where these high school kids are, are getting compensated for that. Now, we'll see what it looks like years down the road. We'll, we'll see what it looks like in terms of how big of a recruiting tool is it going to be. Because we've spoke about the good of the NIL, but we also got to speak on, well, will it ever get out of control? Will there ever have to be a cap on it where it's like, okay, you can spend this much money, but you can't spend more than that, right? Because now in terms of, I don't want to say boosters, but, but in terms of other businesses, if they align with universities, how big of an advantage is that in terms of recruiting? It could be everything. So yeah. I like the way it is right now. I like athletes um, that are getting compensated and getting paid for their skills as they should, putting their bodies on the line. So that's great to see. But I wonder if we're talking about it five years from now, if the new arms race isn't going to be necessarily, well, facilities or, you know, support from boosters. If the new arms race is going to be what universities have aligned themselves with what businesses in terms of NILs. And how crafty, how creative, and how much can you get, right, with all that stuff? You just kind of brought it up, but I just want to just put a bow on the segment for now. We'll probably revisit later. Do you think we're heading into a danger zone? Or do we all just feel like it might be dangerous and it's not really as dangerous as, as we think? It's just different. It's just changing. Because we always look at change and difference and, oh, my gosh, like, that's bad. That's not we, but I'm just saying as a society. We think initially, oh, my, that's bad. Well, maybe it isn't bad, you know? Are, are we, like, where are the rabbit holes we haven't found yet, right? And, and they're yet to go down. Um, I'm assuming we'll run into some of those at some point, Austin. I don't know if we're there yet. We're not there yet, but if we let history be an indicator of any time that the money was the ultimate motive, that has never turned out well in the history of, this, of, a, of a country, of the world, anything. Yeah, that's a good point. So if the money truly is the motive... And NILs are what are going to drive, you know, certain student athletes to go to certain spots. 
then yeah, I think five, maybe ten years from now, if we're still doing this show, I think we're going to be sitting here saying, well, something's got to be done because now it's getting too out of hand. I think we will eventually get to that point. So I'm yeah. going to celebrate it while we can. I'm going to cheer on these student-athletes while we can. And then one day I'll probably change my tune and say, I think we got a little out of control here. It's time to ring it back in a little bit. Yeah, and by the way, one of the reasons we got here, folks, is because it was out of control with cheating and with money already being given illegally <laughs> to yeah, players. Yeah. So, and coaches, by the way, spearheading that. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the reasons we got here anyway. Uh, so, again, I, I know a lot of people aren't going to like this. I know a lot of people, it feels, it feels uncomfortable. There's something uncomfortable about it. But I'm not sure it is as uncomfortable as we're making it out to be. It's just that we know about it now. And uh, I think it's pretty wild. Again, what's fascinating to me is I'm sitting there talking to a young man today. I, I won't give away our story, but it was, you know, in, in Duval County. And he's a really good football player. He's got over 20 offers. And I'm asking him a little bit about the process. You're tired of it. I still enjoy it. I like it. It's fun. Uh, you know, they'll make a decision, whatever. Um, and... Yet in the back of my mind, I'm like, doesn't he now have to be thinking, like, how much money can I make in another year? Yeah. Kids kids before, they didn't think about that, Austin, until, like, another five years down the road or four years down the road when I was about to get out of college. No, for sure. Now you got these athletes. It has to enter the equation and the, the people helping them out. Um, yeah, I got to go here for education. Uh, I really like the coach. Uh, the facil facilities are awesome. I like playing in this conference. I want to play against here. I like these venues. Oh, but how much money can I make? Yeah. It's pretty wild. No, it's, 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 it's just it's a whole other factor. Um, it's a whole other variable um, in, in, in the world of high school athletes. And it's, it, like, I'll be honest, I, I'm so surprised that, you know, we're, we're here this quickly. Yeah. Uh, I really am because I, I didn't foresee this for, like, another decade or so, honestly. So the fact that we're here right now is, is insane. But um, I, I just I wonder what that's going to be like in 10 years. I really do. Hey, Brent, yeah, real too. quick. Isn't it an all-time worst time to take a new job? Kenny Dillingham leaves Florida State this morning. Oh, he, who is he joining again? Oregon. Oregon, yeah. I think Isn't that just a, like when I, when I woke up and saw that, I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> like that, I'm, I'm not saying that's obviously not the reason why they lost a recruit here, but what are you doing? Yeah, I that's, mean, that's, goodness. that's a tough. Yeah, I mean, the rumor had been floating around that he was going to go anyway. But, yeah, to kind of stamp it home. I mean, really a tough day for Mike Norvell and things that are out of his control. And, by the way, I thought he was very classy, uh, what he said on Twitter about 20 minutes after all that happened. I was like, hey, kids have the right to make decisions. It wasn't directed at Travis Hunter, but it was kind of directed at Travis Hunter. And he basically congratulated them. You know, that's just part of it. You're going to win some, you're going to lose some. This one was odd because, one, you're going from Florida State to Jackson State. But, two... This kid had been, I'm telling you, I don't follow recruiting like a lot of people do, but I had noticed over the months and last couple of years how committed he was, and I knew he was a big-time prospect and how much of a Pied Piper he could be for FSU recruiting, and part of the reason that Norvell was keeping the recruiting class together and doing well. And now you have to start to wonder a little bit, is this going to hamper Florida State's turnaround? And as somebody suggested to me today, is it worth putting Deion Sanders in the saddle in a place like Florida State if he's going to get kids like this? I have no idea if he can coach a program like this. Yeah. I have no idea if he's ready. But if he's going to bring in the recruits and the attention and more dollars, maybe it's worth it. No, for sure.
Yeah. I mean, you, you see this with, with other schools, you know, that they kind of bring back their star players in some sort of coaching capacity. Yeah. And Dion's just different in that sense, right? You don't usually get a guy like Dion. Well, who's you know, the um, – isn't Ed Reed coaching at Miami? Yeah, he's uh, an assistant. Yeah. He's helping yeah. out a little bit. But even yeah. – listen, let's, Ed Reed was an unbelievable player, but doesn't have the personality platform, even power that I think Sanders has from a brand, you know? No, no, for sure. I mean, Dion's definitely a brand, but I think from a player – from a from a football player yeah. and from a respect for the school of Miami, I mean Ed Reed's definitely up there though. That's true. Yeah, that's that very true. By the way, this would be like Tiger going to coach a golf team. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden now every great golfer is coming to and, and you could do that at you know Brett Martin University. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, which by the way has a nice ring to it. Uh, we'll be back. <laughs> We're live at Extreme Wing Sports Group, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. All right, welcome back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690 Live on the Road once again. Extreme Wing Sports Grill here on Roosevelt Boulevard near NAS Jacks. Four locations for Extreme Wing Sports Grill. Have your Christmas party here or your get-together right around the holidays. Watch some football Saturday and Sunday or every night. Tons of TVs at all four locations. And we are out twice a month at the um, Roosevelt Boulevard location. A Wednesday this time, usually on Fridays. But uh, make sure you come on out in the month of January and say hello to us. If you can't make it tonight, we'll be here until 6 o'clock. Brent Morton, Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz. I guess we had a response. We were talking about Marvin Jones and and uh, Urban Meyer. There's a reference to Yellowstone. Yeah. And it had it was like, just put him in the pit and let him duke it out, basically. And that did happen. Oh, yeah? Yellowstone, yeah. Like the, they put him like in, a, like in a barn and they just fight? Yeah, basically like, yeah, like a little circle like a ring like where the where the horses would go or something okay. and uh and they just like basically just fought until they didn't want to fight anymore and they'd never get in an argument again was it like brothers like a family or like friends or like uh, they were like cowboys they were <laughs> bunked up together was it over oats? They were bunked. <laughs> you tell them casey hey was it over oats uh, i tell you what you're using too many of my oats partner all right we gotta take it to the ring all right let's go is that, hey. is that what happened just to let you know, this fight yeah. made, like, y- your your MMA oh, stuff look so like a ballet. Steady now. Oh, oh, so, oh yeah? What, what was her eye gouging? Was her head bite? <laughs> yeah, hey, it was all that. You, you ever see Game of Thrones? Don't talk to me about fights, all right? If, <laughs> if I want to see a fight scene, I'll watch Game of Thrones. I don't need to watch Kevin Costner and some Wranglers and some cowboy boots try to squeeze himself into a ring and try to, like, because, you know, you're all with those tight pants. It's hard to move around. You're not very fluid. I'm all good, man. I'll watch Game of Thrones instead. Costner is the boss man in that show. He wasn't fighting. Oh, um, he has people hey, fight for him. Yes, yeah, right. Mm. By the way, uh, best fight scene in a movie is in Game of Thrones. I have never seen it, so I don't know. Best fight scene in a movie. That's that's a well, good. I mean, Game of Thrones is also a TV show, but yeah, we yeah. get what you're saying. I mean, Bob I mean, Barker, Bob Show, or oh, Bob, yeah. Bob Barker, Adam Sandler, Happy Gilmore is pretty good. That is pretty good. <laughs> Um, I was thinking back to the, the fight scenes with, like, Swayze and, and Roadhouse. Roadhouse is good. The classic Pretty good. sidekicks are good. Um, Casey, what do you got? You got anything? No. I mean, obviously, really. Rocky. Sandler's good. Oh, I mean, yeah, well, Rocky's good. It's a fighting good. movie. But yeah, a Rocky's fighting good. Movie. Yeah. You ever see yeah, Fight you Club, can't be a fighting movie. Uh, I think I have seen Fight Club, but it was a long Fight Club? time ago. I have not, actually. Okay. Sorry, I was thinking. Oh, no, 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 what sorry. about... Uh, Step Brothers when he buries him in the yard. That's, that's a good one. 
<laughs> Let the dirt shower over you. Yeah, that's like, classic. It's like these comedy fight scenes. Are they, can they really be the best fight scenes? I mean, there's like I remember there's something about Mary with the, the dog, the fight with Ben Stiller. That's a classic one, fight scene. Yeah, I mean, uh, comedies yeah. have some of the best ones, Brent. All right. Uh, hey, let's take a break. Four o'clock coming up. Uh, we talk more about the Jags, the NFL, uh, and uh, more to come from Extreme Wing Sports Grill, Roosevelt Boulevard. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690.